Welcome to Emergence Radio Talk, where you'll be inspired and motivated by the journeys of movers and shakers from all around the world and those who are occupying and taking dominion. Emergence Radio Talk with Dr. Tavara Johnson. Welcome everyone to Emergence Radio Talk with your host, none other than Dr. Tavara Johnson. And you know me, I'm always excited for today's show. Today I have one of my fellow Maxwell Leadership counterparts with me today, and we will be talking, as you know, with all things leadership. So if you haven't done so already, go ahead and invite someone to tune into the broadcast today because I'm telling you, you do not want to miss what our special guest has to share with us today. I want to welcome Josh Abelson to the show, and indeed, it's a pleasure to have you here with me this evening. Well, thank you for having me tomorrow. It's Pleasure to be with you tonight. Definitely thank you for taking out of your busy schedule because I know you are extremely busy just to come and share with our listening audience tonight. Now, before we go ahead and get started, I just want you just to share a little bit of who Josh is to our listening audience tonight. All right. Well, I um, uh, first, I'm a Christian. I'm a a husband, a father, and a grandfather of four uh, grandsons, and um, and then I'm a leadership coach and trainer. Um, I do a lot of work with companies on strategy and organizational development, trying to help businesses, you know, get from where they are to where they want to go. Wow, that is. Um... It's really good. But I'm glad that you said that you are a Christian, right? Um, how does how does your faith, I want to ask you a question since you put it out there, how does your faith tie into the way that you do this? You know, I, I think that um, you have to be you know, honest with yourself and with your clients uh, about who you are and, and how you do business and how you think about business and um, you know you can't you can't hide that or pretend and if that doesn't align with someone's values then you know we typically find you know other people to work with Um, I just think that uh, that's a non-compromising value for me and I really haven't found anybody um, you know yet that's that's been offended or, or turned off by that I mean it's not you know, we're not there to 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 have a, a sermon, but um, mm-hmm. but but I am who I am, and I'm not going to compromise. You know, those values or principles. Um, and the reality is that um, just doing the right thing and being a good person, um, you know, fits very well with with most business environments. And um, again, for those that that, that don't. Um, you know, they're they're free to go do what they would like to do. Just they're gonna have to do it without me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad that you are. You know, you shared about your faith because I do find that sometimes persons tend to want to shy away from even allowing people to know that they are a Christian. You know, even when they do business, and not realizing that, you know, if if your morals and values and standards goes along with your your faith as a believer, um, if if persons can accept that, 
then you know that that's not the place for you to do business. And so, you know, everything that I have is, everything I have was given to me by, you know, by the almighty. And, um, it would just be, it would just be, you know, uh, sinful to, um, to sort of hide that in a closet just to chase a dollar or whatever, you know, pursuit. So, yeah. And, and I, uh, to be honest, I mean that wasn't always my my you know thought process. Um, I spent about thirty, almost thirty five years in the corporate world, and um, and as I got older and, and and sort of reached a certain level where I could start making choices based on what was important to me instead of instead of the dollar, <clears throat> that's really when I started, uh, I guess, being more forthcoming and. I left the corporate world in 2022 to start my own advisory firm, and and, and now I have you know complete freedom to, um, to you know to pick the people that I want to work with, and um, and and like I said, it's 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 resonated for the most part <clears throat> pretty well with um, the people that I'm interacting with, and I think most people would just they're just looking for somebody to 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 take that first step. And 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 that's why when people say, well, "Tell me about you," I just leave with the fact that I'm a Christian, instead of just burying that someplace or not bringing it up. Um, most people did what you did. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because now I feel free to to talk about you know my faith <laughs> because a lot of uh, business cultures don't necessarily lead with that, but um, mm-hmm. but individuals. You know, they. I think they appreciate the fact that again that, that someone's kind of given them permission to mm-hmm. talk about their faith. Yeah, that's um that's amazing. And you know, even with you sharing that, I know for persons who are tuning in, um, it's going to give them the confidence to know that hey, you know, it's okay for me to be a Christian and run my business, or it's okay for me to let people know that I'm a Christian. And, and if it offends some people, then you know, okay, well, that's not the people for me. But then if it doesn't, then you know that those are the people for me. And so I uh, truly appreciate you um, sharing that with us tonight. Now, when I, for you, you've had a lot of um, different leadership roles in the past, um, you know, working with some some great companies, managing a lot of money. (laughs) Um, How did you know? Yeah, because you know you mentioned from like five million to five hundred million. So how did you know for you that you were called to leadership, or you were called to be um, a leader? You know that's a that's a great question, and I I, I coach a lot of people that um, that that think that leadership is where they they want to go, as if it was a a um, an occupation or a destination, and it. To me, it really isn't. It's, you know, I tell people all the time: if you don't like to deal with people, don't become a leader, because that's mm-hmm. that that is at the core of leadership, right? It's it's you manage things and you lead people. And so, I learned early on that um, I got more satisfaction out of seeing other people kind of get their aha moment or the light bulb coming on, and I was able to. Um, I've always been able to break down complicated issues into simple, you know, language and, and reach people at different levels 
um, of an organization from the C-suite down to the floor um, and, and speak in their language and, and listen to what they're saying and, and then understand it and, and disseminate it to other you know, groups of people in a way that, that some leaders, frankly, can't. They, they just they speak at a level that's above the heads of a lot of their folks and, and people shake their head. But then when they, you know, they nod their head, but then when they walk away, they go, I have no idea what he just said. And so mm-hmm. I, um, you know, I started my career really as a mechanic in the Marine Corps when I was 17 and, mm-hmm. um, and then ended up becoming, you know, the president of a, of a $500 million business. So, um, and that's not, that's not to, to boast. That's just, it was a long road and it, and it had a lot of twists and turns. And, um, and again, I, I just found it for me, I enjoy working with people of, of all ages, of all backgrounds. Um, I don't always agree with everybody that I work with, but, but I'm okay with that. And, and we can agree to disagree or we can find common ground. And, and so I think as, as leaders, um, and, and on, and I know, you know, you're a Maxwellian too. So, you know, you don't have to have a title to be a leader. You just have to have the internal, you know, drive and, um, and perspective to help other people and, um, and, and, you know, help people and businesses achieve their goals and objectives. And, and that's sort of the multiplication that we talk about, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's uh, really good. You talked about persons being like speaking over person's head or um, some leaders and some of their staff or persons who they are responsible for don't even, um, you know, don't know, okay, well, like you said, like, what are they saying or what am I supposed to do, right? And we know at times, sometimes uh, leadership can be hard or it can be hard for some people. But what advice would you give to those leaders who, are struggling um, in leadership or are struggling to lead. And in some cases, they may say, you know what, I don't know, maybe I want to maybe I want to give up on this thing called leadership. What advice would you give to them, you know, so they could stay in the fight and, and, and what adjustments can they make to put themselves in a better position to lead, lead their staff or those who they are responsible for? You know, a couple of things. One is, um, you know, leaders always need to be learning and growing and developing themselves. We all have gaps or, you know, areas that we're stronger or, or weaker in. And, and so understanding your strengths and weaknesses is, is the first part because you need to focus on the areas, you know, where you're weak or you need to hire people that complement those areas so that you don't have to do that. But if you're leading people and you're struggling connecting, um, you know, I always tell leaders after you've had a conversation with your team, right there before they leave, ask for clarification. Make sure they have them answer back to you what you just told them. It may take an extra three or four minutes, but that's way better than them going away and doing something that doesn't align with what you wanted. And now everybody's frustrated and you've wasted a lot of time. And and it, it just it doesn't do anybody any good. So be okay with saying, okay, we're going to just recap what we talked about. You guys tell me how you understood it. And if it's different than what you intended, then you have to re-communicate that. But again, it's 
it's it's better for everybody from a morale standpoint, from a efficiency standpoint, um, to make sure that there's understanding and, and alignment uh, before you send people off on, on their way. And some leaders think that that's a waste of time, and they they said it, and they you know they said it once, and they should all get it, but that's just not how communication works. You know, not everybody um, learns the same way. Some are visual, some are auditory, some are tactical, tactile, you know, so it just, and that's the other thing. There are leaders that say, there's one of me and, and five of you, you guys need to meet me where I am. And that's just the wrong way to look at it. You're in that leadership role for a reason and you need to meet them where they are because they may not be equipped to meet you where you are. And so that's another thing that's, um, you know, sometimes leaders, you know, adopt an ego and, um, and that's just, you know, that's just not, that's not the way it should work. Right. You should get more humble, not more egotistical as you, as you rise through an organization. That's um, very powerful what you shared in terms of, we said a lot, um, especially some leaders who are becoming a bit egotistical, right? Some do that. And then it's even taking the smaller steps to really ask individuals what it is that, you know, to, to make sure that they understand. Um, because it's, it's really frustrating, and I've been there even as, you know, as an individual. Even I've been there where someone says something, and you're like, huh, like, what am I really supposed to do here? I'm like, what do they want me to do, right? Um, so I do understand um, how even taking that little small step would make a difference. I mean, do not It, it could be, it, sorry, yeah, I mean, it could be very clear in their head, but it's just not translating the way they're communicating it. Mm-hmm. And so that really means that they have to work on their communication uh, skills and style. I do believe a lot of the uh, challenges sometimes that persons have, especially in the workplace, uh, there's a lot of things where communication is, is always high on the list, right? Uh, being able to really communicate with people and people sometimes taking things the wrong way and just a whole lot of things. Um, and so I think that would be really good for persons to uh, leaders at least to really know their employees, know how they function, know you know some of how they are wired. Um, so I think what you shared is uh, really really good. And and, and you know I, there's a, there are, there are a lot of tools to help with that, right? Whether it's DISC or or Myers Briggs or Strength Finders, there there are a lot of tools that that uh, can help teams. Uh, bridge those gaps and, and um, again some some leaders don't feel like they need to do that but um, if you watch a well um, you know a, a well oiled team work it's just so much more productive and and less stressful than than a team that struggles to communicate and and understand. And so, um, you know, I did, I, I did it the hard way and brute force doesn't work. Uh, it's not sustainable and, and you just have to find, you know, you have to find better ways to, to do that. It's, it's more fun and it's more efficient. And so that, that's my two cents. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a powerful, uh, two cents that you would have 
that you would have given um, for, you know, a lot of, so, so sometimes, you know, companies get trainings, they get trainings or, or even coaching for more of the lower level staff, you know, I would call it, of direct reports. How important is it for various supervisors, managers, or even those who sit in the C-suite to even obtain some of the same training that their direct reports would <clears throat> It, it's it's critical for a number of reasons. First of all, if it's not important enough for you to do it, why should your people do it? I mean, you need to lead by example, right? Second, um, you know, I think that you need to understand kind of what they're experiencing so you can either adjust, adopt, adapt, you know, whatever is, is required. And then... Um, as I said earlier, I mean, none of us have it all figured out. And so, you know, to you always pick up one or two nuggets out of a, a workshop or a training of some kind. You may get less nuggets, fewer nuggets than the people that work for you, but that's the way it should be. But you're still going to get a few nuggets out of that. And so um, I, I think that it's it's just as important you know, for senior leaders and middle managers to to show that they're open and, and willing to to receive, you know, training or, or workshops as the rank and file because, um, again, it's, I mean, you're all on the same team. We're all human and we all, none of us know it all, so. Yeah, I, I, could, I could definitely agree with that, um, you know, we, in terms of, of course, us not knowing it all. I, I believe, you know, no matter what position that you get to or even that you may be striving for, that you should always make it a point to either work on your own personal development, right? Um, for C-suite people, but of course, based on the position that you would have had, um, you know, you, you were, you know, top of the, in the organization, what are, or who, I should say, should be mentoring or who could be, I should say, mentoring persons who are in the C-suite? You know, so what if there's someone who's tuning in and they would say, hey, you know, um, I think I need a mentor. I don't know who to um, go to. Or I don't know what I should be looking for. Because you do know when persons get to a certain um, level, I mean, sometimes you feel like, you know, you can't really necessarily, you know, share certain things with everybody. That's right. Or persons may need to be on your level or whatever it may be. What who should they be looking for? You know, what, um, what, what is it that they should be looking for to make sure that they get it? You know, because I find that a lot of C-suite people sometimes like they feel as though they don't need uh, coaching, and sometimes they need it the most. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's that's true for both entrepreneurs and for you know C-suite people because it, you know when they say it's lonely at the top, well, it, it doesn't have to be, but it but it can be because to your point you may not be able to share things about real estate or taxes or employees or, you know, cause you only have one or two trusted, you know, lieutenants and then you may have issues related to them that, you know, you got to talk to somebody about. So I think that, you know, finding a, a coach, an executive coach that has, you know, some um, experience or, or background in the areas where you, you know, where you, are, are are challenged is is key and you can find those 
resources, um, you know, on, on Google or on LinkedIn, or, and there are a number of places where you can find those coaches. But there's also organizations like Vistage International that that are, are basically, you know, networking, working groups where um, business leaders or, or C-suite members will, you know, come together with a 12 to 14 other people that are in similar roles and and they build a, a network and a relationship where they can kind of help each other out but I, I i think that a lot of leaders think that going to get a coach is, is waving a white flag or asking for help and there's some something wrong with that and i'll, I'll tell you when i left my the corporate world and wanted to start my own business i had so many things in my head uh, ideas and fears frankly that I needed to get out of my head and on paper and I just couldn't do it myself. So I hired a transition coach and, um, and, and she helped me, like I said, get everything out of my head, my, my fears, my concerns, my ideas, you know, organize it and, and figure out what made sense and what didn't. And I had to pivot the business model a couple of times before I got it, you know, just right. But, um, you know, I thought that was a really worthwhile investment. And it's been great for me. And, you know, we're, we're still friends today. We're not in a coaching relationship anymore because she helped me do what I needed to do. But, you know, but we're still uh, in close communication. We still refer people to each other. And, you know, it's just, it's just a really good way to, to, um, to, to build that, to have that sort of person in your corner that you can talk to about whatever without any judgment who doesn't have a, any stake in your company or, you know, your circle. And they're just there to help you, you know, get, get it out of your head and get it down on paper so you can act on it. Oh, I love the um, transparency, you know, talking about, you know, sometimes affairs because it's really the fair would really cause us sometimes not to act right. We would say, hey, you know, well, no, I don't need a coach. You know, you, you know deep down the side, especially the C-suite individuals um, or persons who are in higher executive management, um, know that they need uh, need a coach, but they are just afraid. And so you sharing that, hey, you know, you had fears, but, hey, I hired a transition coach. So I think with um, a great thing for you to do, especially, like you say, moving from the corporate world to uh, now your own uh, business. And so I think that was good. And, and again, you mentioning that, listen, it was just for that, yes, we're still friends, but it was just for that particular um, time. And so I was in that film, you know, that sometimes you may not need it for a long time. I mean, you may or you may not, but it just really depends on where you are at during that. Yeah, I mean, it was for a season, and, and that was and that's why I, you know, that's why I call her a transition coach because mm-hmm. she has long-term clients. I just didn't need to be one. I just needed to get where I needed to go and, and move forward. And, you know, you mentioned a lot of, a lot of leaders need a coach. Some leaders don't know they need one. They think they've got it all figured out. And, and that's, you know, kind of the most dangerous kind in some mm-hmm. ways because they, um, I mean, not only, you know, the law of the lid, right? The organization can't go any higher than the leader. And so yeah. if the leader is stuck um, and, and won't accept that they're, um, that they're not growing, then the organization gets stagnated. And, you know, that causes a whole different set of issues for the organization 
and um and so some people just need to be told um hey you, you know you need a coach yeah and that's why it's always good for them to have trusted individuals that they can speak to, to right able. and i mean i you know i'm working with a client now that um no, no one in the building will really tell him the truth. They just want to tell him what he wants to hear. And, you know, that's a, that's a challenge for the whole organization, but it's really not fair to him because um, they're smart people and they have good ideas, but they're just intimidated to just say what they want to say. So I said, just tell me and I'll communicate it without assigning any names to it. But, you know, if it's true and I, and I, I, I see what you're describing, you know, I'll say it because that's the relationship that I have with this individual. So, um, and that's what a coach or a consultant or, you know, will do. Wow. That is really good. Um, so of course with you, uh, Josh, with all of the experience that you have, uh, the lessons learned and even lessons that you're still learning because you never stop learning. Right. What are some of the nuggets or lessons that you would um, give to leaders, especially emerging leaders, as it relates to some of the things that they can or they can or should have in their, their leadership toolbox to really help them get to that next level? Um, you know, I th- and I think that the equipping the next generation of leaders is is really one of the highest priorities that I have because I'm not going to do this forever and we need to make sure the next generation's you know, ready to go. So um, uh, self-awareness is huge. Um, you, you really have to be um, honest with yourself and and know where you're, again, where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are and either either work on your weaknesses or, or you know, find people that can complement them. Uh, and I think that um, communication, again, we, we talked about effective communication is, is critical as well, just because um, it's not always what you say; it's how you say it. Mm-hmm. And you can uh, you can deliver the same message in, in different ways and get completely different results. So I think that's, and I think being um, understanding, really understanding, and getting to know your team, and we talked about that a little bit earlier as well. Um, understanding how they how they learn, how they uh, communicate because again you can offend someone without meaning to um, and, and you know there's we do a, a value card exercise and and you know understanding your people's values um, can make a huge difference again in how you approach them so I think these emerging leaders just need to be again you know more more self-aware and more um, engaged in in who their teams are, not just the mission of the business. Um, you really need to know, take the time to get to know your team. You don't have to be best friends, but you need to know who they are beyond, you know, their employee ID number. Mm. That's good. Knowing them beyond their employee ID number. I know one of the things John talks about people um, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? And so that is really getting to know the employees beyond their um, 
an employee ID number. And of course, the importance of equipping the next generation is like you said, and you won't be doing this probably, you know, forever, <laughs> right? Um, and so it has to be able to continue on because there's always going to be more generations to come. And so I definitely want to say, you know, we, uh, it's, it's great to see, you know, you equipping the next generation. So it's good to see that you are in this race with so many others who are um, desiring, wanting, or, e- or even presently equipping the next generation. Yeah, and I think that the, the next generation has so many more distractions than, than we did and mm-hmm. or than I did and, and so many more input um, that they have to sift through to figure out kind of who they are and who they want to be and how does that take shape. And so, um, you know, we can we can certainly give some practical experience and practical advice and, and they can make their own just decisions, but um, you know, if someone had been able to to shortcut some of that for me, that would have been great. You know, I, I, I took a lot of lumps along the way, but, um, but that's okay too. You know, there's different ways to accomplish the goal and or the objective. And um, while there are no shortcuts, there are there is help available. Well, then those shorts that have help available, right? And so, you know, we really just have to really raise our hand if we need help. You know, it's okay, like you said, to raise your hand. It doesn't mean that you're waving a white flag. As a matter of fact, that is wisdom, you know, to um, uh, to to raise your hand and say you need it. You need help, whatever that may be, you know. Um, and when we talk about faith, you know, um, the Bible talks to us about getting godly wisdom and godly counsel. Right, and that that's basically wisdom to help us navigate whatever situations that we uh, may be facing. Absolutely. So, you know, Josh, we've talked a lot about leadership. You know, um, insight on leadership, even faith, which is so grateful. Uh, one of the things I want you just to let us know, like, what is your final advice that you give to our listening audience tonight? You know, I I go back to what I said in the beginning. If you know, leadership is really all about. I mean, leadership is influence, and influence involves people. So if, if that's not your thing, if you'd rather be in the back room doing accounting or or you know, IT or something else as an individual contributor, that's okay. The myth that, that says I have to be a leader to, to be successful or, or to per, be perceived as being, you know, successful in my career, that's just not true anymore. And so – if you feel called to lead, lead. If you don't feel called to lead, don't lead. And just be a really good, you know, uh, member of the team and individual contributor. And that's don't chase leadership or a title for the wrong reason. Mm, that's really good. Don't chase leadership or title for the wrong reason. And, you know, you're called to lead. Lead is not, you know, just wherever you find yourself. At. You know, they don't like to say bloom where you're planted, right? So wherever you find yourself, just bloom um, in that area. And so, Josh, I really want to thank you so much for joining me tonight uh, for this amazing interview. But before we go, I just want you just to share with our listening audience any ways that we shake and stay or even get connected with you if they decide to um, work with you. Sure. Yeah. I'm, so I'm on LinkedIn. Um, it's Josh Abelson, A-B-E-L-S-O-N. And my website is www. A A I strategy 
dot com, and uh, those are those are two easy ways to to get in touch with me. And um, I'd be happy to to you know speak with any of your listeners that uh, that have any questions or want to dig a little deeper in any of this. All right, amazing, amazing, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's amazing show with my special guest, Josh Abelson. Uh, be sure to join me every week for another uh, episode of Emergence Radio Talk. You know, this is the show where you'll be inspired to emerge, occupy, and take dominion. Uh, for those who desire to connect with me, you can do so on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, under Tavira Johnson, or Dr. Tavira Johnson, as well as my website, TavaraJohnson.com. If this is your first time listening, and I pray it won't be your last, and of course, to my faithful listening audience, know I love you all, and I appreciate you being here with me week after week. Everyone have a wonderful evening, and blessings. Thank you for tuning in to Emergence Radio Talk. For more information on Emergence Radio Talk, Emergence Mentorship Program, or Women to Women Mentoring Program, be sure to visit www.tavarajohnson.com If you would like to be a guest on our show, email us at info at tavarajohnson.com or follow us on all of our social media platforms Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and Periscope That's Tavara Johnson Stay connected and updated on all upcoming events Until next time, thank you for joining us